Great. Hello and welcome to another edition of the In Context podcast. Today I'm joined by a good friend of mine, Robin Singleton. How are you doing, Robin? Good, thank you. Yeah, it's good to be with you. Yeah, great to finally get you on. Uh, you were reluctant to come on initially because you, you, you think this podcast so rubbish. You just used to... <laughs> <laughs> I've been keeping my head down. It's true. Yeah, I've been keeping my head down. But yeah, you finally twisted my arm. Yeah. Great. Oh, well, share a little bit because you were a pastor in in the north of England. Can you just share a little bit about your context, where you are, and how you came to plant there? Yeah. So I'm in Loftus which is a a town, a market town um, on the coast, um, sort of less than a mile away from the coast, between Teesside, Middlesbrough and uh, Whitby. Um, It's an old mining town, um, quite um, deprived um, sort of area. Um, A really strange mixture. If I try and conjure up a vision of it for somebody that's never been here, I would say, it's a beautiful place to live. We're right by the coast. There's just a lovely countryside, um, on the cliffs, the beach, you know, so it's a beautiful place to live. Uh, but the, the poverty just stares out as well. So it's, it's a weird mixture between sort of a twee country village. If you imagine a country village with a women's institute and um, that lovely sort of community spirit, which there certainly is here, and uh, mixed with that, um all the problems associated with say like an urban council estate um so yeah significant um drug problem uh, mental health problem yeah i i can't remember the exact figures for the uh the uh, index of multiple deprivation but it's it's something like 11 or 12 percent um so right down the bottom um visually if you came through There'd be parts of the town which look lovely. They've uh, sandstone buildings and uh, really attractive. And other parts, it's just all boarded up shops. And uh, yeah, to, to be honest, one of the saddest things if you drive through is perhaps the two worst looking buildings in the in the town in terms of the state of dilapidation is two non-conformist churches. Um, so yeah, there's a very, very much a sense of evangelicals have gone and um yeah so it's a spiritually yeah it's a um definitely a place um where we long and pray for things to happen yeah yeah it's it's funny isn't it because in Middlesbrough we're we're, we're a big town and uh, often when we talk about churches and hard places we think of the inner city or big towns or big council estates and often we forget that some of the coastal towns are the most deprived places in the country and mm. there's a lot of poverty and uh, and trouble within the rural areas, like you've just said yourself. So what, what <laughs> when people think about moving to the country, they look to go to uh, retire somewhere nice uh, or they'll, they'll go somewhere where you mentioned for the tweed aspects yeah. of, of, of country life. So what, what uh, encouraged you to go to Loftus? How did you end up in Loftus? <laughs> how long have you got um so so i'm a southerner to start with as you probably can tell um i know you can tell and uh, most of your listeners will be able to tell so i came up to teesside uh 1987 come to teesside polytechnic um to study computer engineering and while i was at uh well it became a university um i met my wife caroline 
and uh, we actually got married before I'd finished. I had another year to do at, um, at university. And uh, the only accommodation that they could offer us, the college could offer us for a mar suitable for a married couple was out in a place called Brambles Farm, which is, you know very well, which is East Middlesbrough. And so uh, the first day we moved into that accommodation, we wandered around and um, looking for churches, literally with a map in front of us, looking for churches around the area. And uh, we found a, a Baptist church in East Middlesbrough at Berwick Hills, right in the middle of the council estates. And that's where we went and uh, we loved it. Um, we were um, just so welcomed by the pastor and his wife and the church there. And that was the beginning of 17 years. Um, so after my first year, while I was sort of living in this uh, student accommodation in a block of flats, we decided to move into the estate. And I guess that's really where I began to like have a, a longing to see, um, how does Mez put it? The, the last, the least, the lost, mm. becoming, um, well, hearing the gospel and uh, coming to Christ. And so I was working in that area, I worked for a while as a, um, helping in schools, like a youth worker for the church, and then um, as an elder in the church there. And uh, just got to love the place. And yes, there were no end of problems as well with living there. And sometimes we'd drive back from uh, Caroline's parent, uh, parents down in uh, Norfolk and think crumbs what we live here for and all the litter everywhere and all the cars, you know, all the, all the rest of it. But there was just something that it just got a place in our hearts. Um, there was something about the people, the way that they uh, just wore their heart on their sleeve, the way they spoke so frankly and was so open and friendly. Um, yeah, we loved it. And... Uh, I better move on, otherwise we'll uh, be here all, all, all for, for <laughs> the whole time. But yeah, I, I that's where I first, I think, began to um, feel that that was the sort of place where God would want me to be. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I was also an education welfare officer for a while. And part of that meant I was going into people's homes in another part of the Northeast and seeing how people were living and just seeing the brokenness of the, the world you know I had a very privileged um, background you know Christian home um, I'm not sure if we were rich but we certainly you know, weren't short of money and um, so to experience it for my, myself um, was quite an experience and really life-changing I guess um, out of the blue I had a phone call from a church in Mask um, by the sea, which is between where we are now and Middlesbrough, and uh, was invited to consider being the pastor there, um, which sort of when I picked my chin off the floor <laughs> and uh, prayed and thought and talked to them, eventually became clear that that was what God was leading us to do. Um, that was quite a different setting completely. Um, that is by the sea, but that's more of a sort of a middle-class retirement sort of place, a uh, very pleasant uh, place to be and to live, and the people there were lovely. And so that's what I spent um, five years doing, and that's roughly where we think we first met mm. while I was there, um, Mass Baptist Church. And then um, we went on a conference. In fact, you invited me to come on a conference, didn't you? Um, an Acts 29 conference down in uh, Wales. And uh, again, cutting a long story short, um 
it was listening to Di Hankey um, speaking about what was going on in South Wales and some of the needs in the valleys of South Wales just rekindled some of that um, passion for those sort of areas. And I came back um, wondering what was ahead. Um, and uh, I remember sticking some videos on and just seeing a, um, a video that um, Di had done that was just, he'd been showing some Americans around the, the South Wales valleys and uh, he was just pouring his heart out to the camera. I think it's called Restore O Lord or something. Psalm 85, is it? And uh, he was just speaking about just a cr the cry in his heart to see these little churches with just a few people in um, being restored and seeing um, people saved in these places. And, uh, you know, he kept saying things like, you know, I just so fed up with seeing those blank expressions and sort of soulless conversations and just that longing to see life in such a desperate place and uh i thought yeah that's <laughs> that's where my heart is um not so much for me in the south south wales valleys but perhaps here somewhere lord is there you know what and um yeah so we had some long conversations didn't we and um yeah again kind of very long story short we knew that there was a church here in loftus um an assemblies of god church and the pastor um, was ready to retire uh, the numbers were very small there was a building to use and um again cutting lots of conversation short you know very long story it became clear that this was the place to be mm. and um yeah so 2014 we moved and began the church here no. Yeah, so you're now uh, constituted. You're you're affiliated with FIC. Is that right? Just just about yeah. <laughs> so we're, yeah, we're we're at uh, what's the affiliation with the the sort of a church plant with the FIC, and uh, yeah, we finally it's it's just taken ages, but the uh, CIO we finally um, completed just before Christmas, so we're actually finally uh, constituted properly. Yeah. Yeah, and it's amazing to see that this plant, which was basically your family moved there on, on your own. Uh, and, and now I was visiting last week and we're in that beautiful church building. You've got a, a cafe there now and a, a group of members that are keen to reach out to the community. So, yeah, what, what has that journey been like then to, to finally be a constituted church, to have a cafe uh, mm. when you just went there with a with a with a a dream and a hope to reach people with the gospel how has that journey been and what does it feel like to be in the position you're in now yeah yeah well the cafe's not open quite yet but it's it's uh, very close yeah um wow a roller coaster that's what it feels like <laughs> um an adventure uh exciting terrifying um it's, it's it has yeah it's been everything um there's been times where I've thought, can I do this? There's been times when it's been just wonderful, you know, mm -hmm. seeing people baptized and um, yeah, uh, um, practical things like you say, just seeing a project finally come to a conclusion and you see the cafe, like you can actually visualize it now. Um, um, you can see that the hall's been refurbished and there's facilities there that, are, you know, I stand at the front on Sunday and look out and um see lots of people from all different walks of life um single people families people that have 
struggle with alcohol, people who struggle with drugs, um, uh, people that this morning would be some of the first thing to work. Um, it's just, it is a, yeah, it's a glorious thing to be part of when God's um, doing these things. Um, but yeah, it's also terrifying, isn't it? And <laughs> at times the weight of responsibility just, uh, yeah, just feels so heavy. But um, yeah, I wake myself and remember it's not my church, it's the Lord's church. And um, But yeah, it's been a long journey. Yeah, there was um, our family. There's another family that came with us from uh, Mask um, Church. There was uh, a few others that came. So perhaps there was 15 of us or something to start with, 12 to 15. And uh, at the moment, uh, we're seeing about maybe uh, 30, maybe even 40 occasionally. Um, that's with all the children. Um, so we're still a small church, um, but it is a blessing to see um, you know, what, what God's doing. Yeah, yeah. A, a mega church compared to uh, what was there before you turned up anyway, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it is good, and um, there's a mixture, you know, we do get, we have got some people tra um, um, travelling in, uh, which I didn't imagine would ever happen, mm -hmm. um, and uh, I, you know, and, and whilst it's a, you know, it's certainly a blessing to have extra people there, um, my real heart is for Loftus itself, and, and we've seen We've seen people, the numbers of people actually living in Loftus and coming along um, increasing, which is which is good. You know, we've got some folk at the moment that are just beginning to explore the Christian faith and have started to come along quite regularly to things. And uh, it's just always encouraging isn't it, when someone's coming and they're asking lots of questions and wants to come to Bible studies and wants to know what's 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 all about. And clearly there's you know, people that are beginning to, you know, God's drawing them, I think. Yeah, it's encouraging. And again, just to uh, rewind a little bit, you mentioned earlier how you're, you're from down south, that you had uh, quite a privileged uh, Christian upbringing. And then when you came up north, you experienced a, 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 a type of life that was unfamiliar to you and it had a, had a passion. Uh, you were in a place called Berwick Hills, <clears throat> which yeah, is right. down uh, the road from where I grew up. And then you moved from Berwick Hills to uh well funny enough the church is where we're meeting now at new life church that's right that's right yeah. <laughs> and uh then you move to mask then all of a sudden you move to mask which is this nice middle class seaside retirement village yeah you get me and my wife turn up two crazy charismatics <laughs> yeah, <laughs> full of heresy well. yeah. <laughs> and problems how did you find that what was that like to to have someone like me and rachel turn up Oh, um, well, we had already. Oh, no, I don't know. Yeah, we sort of already met, I think, hadn't we? Um, homeschooling, I think you'd been um, talking to us about that. Yeah. Um, and I remember you coming to a men's meeting, I think, at the church and speaking about your prison ministry, um, sort of early on. I mean, I really had to scratch my brain trying to remember all this because, like, I, I, I struggled to remember yesterday, let alone uh, 10 years ago. Mm. Um, but, but what it's interesting your question because really it's just. Church is just a load of mixed up people, isn't it? Of all sorts of crazy. Like, I mean, I was, uh, um, I was preaching last night at Whitby and I was preaching at the beginning of Romans about um, Paul's love for the church at Rome that he'd never been to. And I was talking about the way he desired to be there and you know, it's just his love for the people and the way he's been praying for them constantly and stuff. And it, it just struck me, you know, when you, um, 
it's just absolutely bonkers <laughs> what God, what God's doing. Um, you know, here's me, um, you know, middle class background from the south, um, in this church in a place up here in the northeast, um, uh, spending my time, um, yeah, sometimes with uh, middle class people who are retired in masks, whatever. Other times, you know, um, trying to help and encourage uh, someone that's addicted to drugs or um, uh, struggling with life, you know, struggling with getting out of bed. Um, and uh, just just another family turning up is just another, it's just, we're all just mixed up sinners, aren't we? Um, and everybody, I, I say to the guys, there's so many people that say to me, Oh, I really struggle on Sundays because everyone looks like they've got everything sorted. You know, I feel like I'm the only one who um, doesn't fit in. I feel like, you know, I'm a sinner and everyone else is perfect. And I said, like, I can't tell you everything, of course, but let me just assure you that every single person here has their problems, has their sins, is mixed up. However well-suited they are, however, like, um, intelligent they seem however you know, well grounded they look the, we've all got things the issues that we're struggling with and so you know another family turning up um, whatever your you know church background or whatever um, just adds into the mix um, you know there's that lovely bit in the Ephesians isn't there about the church being like a cosmic like I, I always put it like a cosmic trophy of God that is displaying to the cosmic powers what he's done and um, yeah, that's how I see it. Um, yeah, it brings its challenges. And uh, yeah, um, all of the baggage that we bring, um, including my own, is a, is, a, is a struggle and things to work through and whatever. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I think one thing I remember about you coming, which was your absolute honesty I don't think, I mean, or, or, or openness, I think is probably the, the thing that I would say. The way that you were so open about your struggles, um, which was really refreshing. Mm. Meet someone who was a Christian, who wanted to grow, who wanted to know more, really hungry. Um, and yeah, I mean, what, 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 what more could I ask of like someone coming along to the church who wanted to, wanted to know more? Um, yeah, a real breath of fresh air. Um, yeah, but, uh, and passion. Yeah, passion. Yeah. So to meet um, to meet someone that's got passion, wherever they are in their walk, mm. however immature or mature, however knowledgeable or not, you know, whatever their theological leanings, <laughs> to meet someone with passion to serve God is yeah, it's great, isn't it? I, yeah. Mm. And and again, for me, just remembering that that I think what struck us was it was the first church we'd been in where we could be honest about our struggles and we we were asked to go and get deliverance from demons or to leave because <laughs> the sad thing was we were traveling 24 miles round trip to come to your church because we struggled to find a church where we either felt welcome or helped mm. uh, there was lots of churches who would greet you on a sunday but then you weren't seen again till the following sunday and and what we noticed when we came to your church was something that we needed but was also being foundational in our ministry ethos was the huge emphasis on the family uh, the church family uh, so it wasn't just families who were invited if you were single if you were elderly if you were young if you were single mom if you were a 2.4 kids family 
everyone was made to feel part of the bigger church family. And that was unique for us. And then I think what was so good for me growing up as a, as a, a fatherless uh, boy was I'd become a Christian and I, I didn't know how to be a man in the world, never mind how to be a man in the church. So I didn't know how to be a godly father or a husband, uh, yeah, or, or a disciple. So just coming and being alongside you and the other men in the church was was foundational for my growth. I think we moved in with you, didn't we? <laughs> to cut a long story short, one of my mad charismatic ideas when we, we, we sold our house and we were set off on this mad ministry journey that ultimately led to New Life Church being uh, yeah. planted. But we ended up having nowhere to stay. And you said moving with us. Now you've got a family, quite a large family. How many are in your house? We've got seven, yeah, five kids, yeah. <laughs> and then you invited uh, me and Rachel and the two girls to move in with you. Uh, yeah. That, that was an absolute, I, I'll talk a little bit more about it. Uh, sh shortly, but that was like amazing for us. But what was it like for you and for your family to have <laughs> us four notes moving with you for a couple of months? Yeah, it's it, it's it's really funny. Um, uh, so one one of the things that I I just am not naturally is hospitable. <laughs> like, but to be perfectly honest, and it and it's 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 learning. It's a learning thing for me. So, you know, Caroline's much more hospitable um, than I am. And it's not that we had a fight about it. <laughs> it wasn't me her saying yes and me saying, I, I just think sometimes God gives you a situation where there's just, there's just no option. Uh, it's, not, it's not like, well, shall we or shan't we? It's like, of course we should. Um, and for me, it's just a, to looking back to that, what a blessing it was. And how I could have missed out you know so we so easily don't we um fall into that well I'm not that sort of person mm. so I won't do that you know I'm not hospitable so I won't do that or I'm I'm not this or I'm you know I, I'm I'm not very gentle so I, I won't get involved in that because I might well God gives you things doesn't he where you just uh, you just got to do it it's just like obvious um you know it, it, we, when we when we become Christians we give ourselves to him don't we completely and that includes all of our preferences and you know desires and whatever and so when a situation comes that like it was with you um here's some people who love the lord they want to serve him they haven't got a house like we've you know okay we we had we had a, you know a fairly reasonable sized house we had the space so why not <laughs> and uh yeah what a blessing it was yeah, what a blessing it was. And I can't say we've we've had loads of people to stay over the years, but we have had um, people at different times. And it's been the same every time, every time. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a real blessing. So, yeah, we we look back fondly. <laughs> I, I was <laughs> we were talking about it the other day, actually, and uh, I seem to remember coming into the lounge one day and seeing a like a, a cushion whizzing <laughs> across the room and hitting the wall. And I started to say, don't do that to my realised when I went around the corner it was you <laughs> <laughs> yeah poor Luke yeah. <laughs> Getting yeah. yeah yeah it wasn't it wasn't me dad it was your daft friend <laughs> remember it well yeah and what I remember is like staying up till probably two o'clock most mornings like looking at the bible and again this is what I want to talk about because 
so often uh, I have a lot of people asking me like what is the best way to uh, disciple someone from your background or to teach the Bible and I think what was so helpful for me was I'd, I'd often say things I had a lot of beliefs where people would challenge me but in a way uh, that, like either mock me, they'd laugh at me at some of my theological ideas, or they'd argue against me, which made me just dig my heels in even more. Yet when I was, what I always remember is, is coming out with some mad things, and you saying, "Oh, that's interesting. I've never thought of that way before." <laughs> uh, show me in the Bible where you come up with that, and then I, I'd either wouldn't have a verse or a passage that would 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 back up the argument, or if I did you'd help explain it in, in, in a different way. And you never once said to me that you were wrong. You just said, well, let's look at the Bible and see what it says. And these offer alternative passages. Uh, occasionally uh, you'd say, oh, that's good. I've never thought of that. But more often than not, it was like you, you, you're allowed God and the Holy Spirit to develop me rather than like, can you understand what I'm saying? It, it was yeah. a direct challenge. It was just like, let the Bible and let yeah. the Holy Spirit develop and lead me. I think from a sort of a personality point of view, um, I think there are times, aren't there, that there, there are some jobs and some situations where to be like bold, decisive, um, confrontational is actually exactly what you need. Mm. Um, and again, naturally, that's not me. Mm. And, and so, and so, whilst yeah, I, it's lovely to hear you saying that and feeling like it was a blessing. Um, other times, I think my nature is a curse because it. it, it be, but but the way I the way I think. So so obvi obviously there are things that um, are absolutely foundational to um, the gospel, and um, I probably wouldn't have been quite so um, amenable about stuff like that. But where where, you, where you're talking about um, things where I know that there are genuine Christians on both sides. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, the Calvinism, for example, um, you know, charismatic gifts, you know, those sort of things. I, I've learned to appreciate other people's views on it. And even though probably there's quite, quite a few I still haven't come to a view on, but the ones where I've still come to a solid view about, mm. I still have enough of an understanding, I think, or, or respect for the other people's views that I, I wouldn't want to just completely because I'd want you, for example, in that situation, to come to your own conclusion. Um, it's not like, you know, to come to my church, you need to believe this, this and this. Um, we, we can, it's, what, it's one of the things that saddens me most actually about unity of the church. And I think a tendency amongst um, conservative evangelical churches is perhaps it's a reaction against what you might look at as wishy-washy um, uh, churches having like no sort of doctrinal um, foundations or seeming to be very wobbly but sometimes we take such hard um, views that we we actually exclude people that are actually Christians yeah. and that, that just seems that just seems wrong um, so yes it's having a you know I, I it describes you know there's issues that are closed hand issues that you know you know, we're, it's a hill to die on. We're not going to have a we're not going to have a debate about that. No, these are these are the gospel truths. You know, like Paul in Galatians, this is like serious stuff. Mm. But there's another hand. I think there's some open-handed things where we need to be a little bit more generous with each other. And um, 
yeah yeah just to let give the people a bit of time to think about things and then come to <laughs> the same conclusion as us um yeah i i think if we, we've not got anything to be scared of have we if we if we if we believe that the things that we believe about those things are scriptural then we don't need to get aggressive or confrontational about them you know it's the bible speaks for itself you just need to point people to bits of the scripture to look at and chew it over and uh yeah hopefully people come to their own conclusion yeah yeah exactly <clears throat> and i think again because of the background i came from so so a lot of people would still see me as charismatic in the evangelical church whereas a lot of people who were charismatic would see me as like a cessationist whereas i'm yeah. probably somewhere in the middle again still making my mind up on some things that uh, aren't as clear as others uh, yeah but because of my this wasn't a result of being in a charismatic church it was a result of watching the god channel that that as a young christian that I ended up getting sucked into some kind of prosperity teaching and heretical uh, books and, 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 and preaching. And again, in reaction to that, I probably went as conservative as, as you could come. And I just kept away from anything that uh, even hinted towards the Holy Spirit mm. <laughs> out, out of fear. Yeah. Didn't you get didn't you get a tweed jacket with the leather with the leather <laughs> elbows at one point? Yeah, a little clear pipe and horror and spectacles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did big brown shoes. Yeah, uh, yeah I did. I, I went again. Yeah, started uh, missing out on the blessings of 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 that Ephesians free church that you were talking about earlier because I just stuck to my theological tribe initially out of protection and safety, but then. I think a little bit of arrogance can creep in and superiority. And, and what I've learned over the last few years, spe specifically since, even more so I'll imagine since September, since I started training at a, a college, which is quite diverse, uh, mixing with Christians who ordinarily I wouldn't have mixed with, I've realized how much I've missed out on the blessings of believers who think different than me. And uh, yeah, again looking reflecting on the church that that i planted how i've probably frightened people off <laughs> who were different to me uh because of maybe it's the way doing it the opposite way than you did by like being i think the key is isn't it to being secure in the truth that you know and not being afraid to talk to people with different ideas because yeah. if it, the bible speaks for itself and i think I was so frightened of error, I lost trust in God's word being enough, I think. And that led to me yeah. a lot of friendships. We do we do need to be um alert as well though, don't we? Mm. Um uh, what was the saying I once heard? Um was it care for care? I can't remember the whole thing, but something like care for, care for the sheep and shoot the goats, you know, or, or shoot the wolves, shoot the wolves, sorry. Yeah. No, it's that's right. Care for the sheep. Um uh, convert or pre preach to the goats and sh shoot the wolves and so there is there is a you know i suppose i've got to be careful what i'm saying about um yeah. it's, it's those closed and open things again isn't it yeah. there are things that we can be um open about but there is a time to be bold and to say no um that's not wrong and i've not had to do it very often but there's been one or two occasions where you know i've had to do that 
even from the pulpit. Um, and it terrifies me. <laughs> it's not it's not a pleasant thing to do, is it? But um, yeah, I, I uh, yeah, there is a time to be bold and a time to confront and a time to you know, um, say no. We're not, you know, sorry, that's not happening here or whatever. Um, because yeah, you, you get, we're getting into the whole debate, aren't we, about um, sort of the, the the your own church and how how you see that that should work, mm. perhaps on a Sunday or when you're meeting, and um, what you do when when someone comes in with quite a different idea and and there's one thing with someone coming in with a different idea who's ready to talk and ready to chat like you were, mm. but there's another thing when someone comes in with an agenda to change everybody. And I think that's a bit of a different ball game, yeah. And uh, yeah, we need to be ready to um, to confront. There's a big difference between a valid difference of opinion, uh, being in error and being heretical, or yeah. coming in church to to be divisive, isn't there? There's, there's, yeah. there's and that's, that's what right. Yeah, and my, and certainly my memories of those. Um, you know, late night chats. Um, again, it's just a blessing, isn't it? When, when you're sitting talking with someone who's taking seriously the Bible, who mm. clearly is a Christian, clearly wants to serve the Lord, you know, to, to be sitting chatting um, about all and sundry, it's just, it's, it's a blessing, isn't it? To be, to be with God's people, to, talking about spiritual things. Um, yeah, praying together. And, you know, it's, a, it's a blessing. And doing it in love, the, 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 the arguments... <clears throat> There's a difference between like debating the word of God uh, to, to glorify him, to get a better understanding and, and trying to win an argument to get the upper hand as well, isn't it? It's like the motive in that debate, uh, which again, like you say, when you've got two people who love the Lord, love each other and, and, and want to get deeper in the words, quite different to somebody who has an agenda and wants to. Yeah, it's a privilege and a, and a, and a, a joy. I mean, literally, I found it quite exciting uh, you being there because. You know, here's someone, and other people must have thought, oh, I'm sure there were people that would say, what a crazy, you know, what, what's he doing? What a, cra what a cra crazy guy, what's he doing? But I just thought, well, here's someone that cares enough about doing what God wants to literally sell his house and not know where he's going. Now, you could call that stupidity, I don't know, but I just think even, even, if, even, even if it was, it shows something about him. This, this, this family, they're like, these 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 guys want to serve the Lord, like, the, 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 and so, and so, <laughs> what a joy to to be talking to someone in that situation, and perhaps perhaps you know having a little bit of influence over what 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 the way they're thinking and what they're doing. It's yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. So so that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that that discipleship we had, that hospitality we saw as being foundational. Uh, in our ministry, uh, the way I try and emulate that role as a father and a husband, uh, but also the discipleship, but also show hospita hospitality to, to those we're ministering to. Uh, yeah, what happened with us? <laughs> I thought if you did that with everyone, you're going to have a revival. Uh, that it's going to be as much fun uh, hosting people as it was to be hosted. Yeah, in my... Uh, in replicating uh, the, the ministry that was so vital to us as a family and me personally as, as, a, as a pretty immature believer, I wanted to replicate it because I knew how important it was for my growth. 
yet I found that lots of people don't want that, uh, that some people want it until they've had a need met and then they're off. And uh, I still believe it's, it's, the, it's a vital ministry to offer. <laughs> but just explain to me, how has that, that been for you, replicating it in Loftus? What are some of the frustrations that comes with it? Uh, yeah. The challenges, and do you ever think, oh, yeah. we'll just meet on a Sunday and a Wednesday? Just if I can just backtrack briefly, um, I just want to just um, acknowledge that this is a chain. Mm. So, so you say you you, know, you benefited from our hospitality, and one thing I should have said earlier is that we really benefited. Um, Alan and Audrey Reed, who are pastor and his wife at Berwick Hills, did exactly the same to us. Yeah. You know, we we were uh, away from home. Our parents were both in the south, and uh, you know, in fact, we were with them so much and so often. That often their kids got mistaken for our kids um and and it's just like a a thing that you've learned from someone else isn't it you, you, you know you've been you've been blessed you see how it's helped you to grow and uh then to be willing to offer it to others um so so yeah so what i want to say first it's like a chain that gets um passed on but you're right that's not um um there's so often a reluctance to um not just be hospitable, but to accept hospitality. Um, you know, um, one of the things that saddens me a bit um, is, you know, we, we, we have a meal every Sunday at church. And uh, there are some folk that, that go off, they're on their own, but they prefer to be on their own on a Sunday after the service. You know, most, most stay. And uh, I just think it would be such a blessing for them to be part and they bring a blessing to everybody else to be there um but i don't want to have a roll call <laughs> i don't want to make it like obviously you can't make it um, compulsory and so yeah there are there are people who um and, and perhaps it's just partly different personalities you know people want their own space um i guess that's what i am naturally so so i, I can't you know i can't be the person pointing the finger to others um yeah um, I'm, a, I'm the sort of person that if you if you if you uh, if I had a day off, I'd just go and crawl in the corner somewhere <laughs> and do, you know do you know do something on my own. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we are different, aren't we? So there's that to to uh, bear uh, bear in mind. And I think it's so hard to pass that on. To somebody else so like you're saying how has it worked out in loftus um i i, I try i try and encourage it so we, we had a we've had a we've had a, a break over the last few weeks of uh you know, we have a thursday evening in fact we eat, eat at that as well have like an all-age um, bible study on a on a thursday so we we'll come for tea and then we have a bible study after it it's just so that kids you know both parents can come if they've got um, children and stuff uh, try and adjust the material so it suits everybody and so um but we've we've had a break um, for a few weeks until after easter and uh i just said look you know you're used to giving your thursday evenings to come to church so so why why, why not um you know invite someone around why not go and do something with another christian um some of these thursdays i don't know, I, I don't know um too much of what's happened behind the scenes so there's a direct sort of encouragement 
but I guess part of it's trying to just be an example, um, being a place where you know, make our home a place where people feel they can come and call around, um, a place where they get invited for meals, you know, a place where they enjoy um, hospitality, and uh, hope that that rubs off. Not not so much. It's not so much that we want them to invite us back, but that we'd love them to be inviting other people. You know, so that again, it's like a chain that that that's uh, growing. Yeah, I don't think it's something that you can um, force to happen. It's just praying and trying to be an example. Yeah, a bit frustrating at times, maybe. <laughs> yeah, because it'd be lovely to see that really blossoming. Yeah. One of the things um, I it was really influential to me was the uh, Timis and Chester books. Um, that everyday church and I think total church was the other one wasn't it and those two those two aspects um gospel and community yeah. and I thought it was quite insightful nothing it wasn't um it wasn't revolutionary in a way was it it was just it was just saying look um there's some churches that have got doctrine and the gospel absolutely spot on got all the dies dotted and all the t's crossed but there seems to be a whole problem with community. You know, they go for an hour on a Sunday or whatever, and they do their thing, but, but doctrinally, absolutely spot on. And then there's another lot of churches that have got all the community thing right and are all over the place with doctrine. Um, why can't we be the church that actually tries to hold those two things um, together? There's no reason why you shouldn't be, is there? A church that um, is very strong about what it believes and convinced of the bible and you know, preaching the truth and you know not just on sundays but in our personal you know meetings with people and in our house groups and whatever um and in evangelism but yet but yet really has a sense of community and i guess that you know and, and that sort of played into the you know you mentioned the family thing and that that sort of plays into that yeah, and I don't know how many times I've had to explain. You know, I mean, I mean the church family. I'm not saying that you have to be a family with children to come. Mm. I want, yeah, you know, I want you to feel part of the church family, and that you know we share this, um, this, this, this life together. Um, it's Paul in Thessalonians, I think, isn't it, where he says, um, "Not only do we share the gospel with you, but we shared our lives." Mm. And uh, yeah, I think. I think that's one thing that we really need to grow in. You know, I need to grow in, the church needs to grow in, the church across the country needs to grow in, that we've got this um, shared life. And then just when you were talking about that Timis book, it reminded me of, I think they use an illustration of a woman turning up at your house with an Alsatian. Yeah. And it reminds me of the time that we turned up with our dog and it peed all over your new rug. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't have been the first time. <laughs> yeah, so it, uh, yeah, you, you took that book literally there, brothers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. And and uh, the other thing I think about that those books which were helpful as well. It, it, it's not it's not encouraging a complete like like a commune type life, is it? You know, it's talking. You know, you, you can have privacy. You can have times when you turn your phone off, or you, or you know, you you. There are moments when you just need to say sorry, no, not not now. Yeah. Um, you know, he sort of gives you permission, doesn't he? Which I think is right that we should have um, 
an ability to you know because i think otherwise it, it it can be it could be um completely destroying you know it could completely undo you i think just so you need you need you know if you're going to be giving you need times to receive yourself don't you um so yeah it gives that permission um yeah, I thought it was good. And the other thing that's helpful as well, I think, in it, just a little detail is that, you know, um, it can get so easily get. Um, I'm always a bit hesitant about using the whole the, the whole class phrases, but you know, it can get so easily middle class if if you know you're you're almost like trying to outdo one another with the, the, the you know just putting them in the best spread um, for you know invite you know so hospitality can easily become a competition. And you know, it's. I think it says in the book, doesn't it? You know, invite them around for beans on toast. You know, like, 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 just be normal, be ordinary, share life together. It's not like entertaining. You're, you're, you know, you're just being together. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think that's that's one of the things that I've, you know, I, I've had to learn. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of us have to learn. It's just being together. It's just learning to appreciate one another and spend time together. Is 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 what it means to share life together. Which was vital for me because everyone was calling me brother when I first became a Christian and hearing about being part of God's family and talk about being adopted into God's family in particular. Mm. And then it wasn't long before I realised that the, the dysfunctional family that I came from, <laughs> that was brought up in, probably wasn't as dysfunctional as the church family that I'd been adopted into. And that brought a lot of frustrations because a lot of the terms used was family orientated be it brother sister or talk about god as father and the church as family and, and it was very rare that you see that type of community and uh, and i think what you touched on there i think some of the reasons is because it often falls to one or two people being hospitable and then that can burn you out and it, it needs to be like you said a chain where uh, the members of the church are replicating uh, yeah what the leaders of the church are doing are, are just results to burnout and resentment yeah and voluntarily and freely you know doing that you know um because at the end that that sort of coercion of people, it doesn't it's not that's not healthy either is it so we don't want people feeling like they're they've got to do it because we do it um we want them to do it because the lord's given them a desire to do it and uh, they can see the blessings the blessings of it yeah yeah, and like you say, it, 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 is a, it is a blessing when, mm. even though it's not your natural tendency, which it isn't mine either. Uh, I, I, I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd rather spend time on my own with it, playing FIFA on an Xbox. <laughs> yeah, but then when you do, like the thought of it really causes me, not anxiety, but I don't look forward to it. It puts a pressure on me. But mm. once I'm there, then it's that, that pressure's lifted because... We're where we're meant to be, aren't we? We're part yeah. of our body, and uh, yeah. we are blessed by one another, and, and, and are able to bless others too. It's so, it's so easy, as well, isn't it? When we feel when we feel down, or when we feel pressured or stressed, or when we, you know, we, when we are feeling sorry for ourselves, that um, it's those very times when we don't want to be with people, yeah. which is probably the very time when it would be the most beneficial. Um, it, it enables other people to use their gifts, you know. So if you, again, I was I mentioned this last night when I was preaching because, you know, if if someone's sitting at home and thinks, oh, I don't want to go to church today, I'll just sit and cry. I think, no, come, come and sit and cry. And if someone 
you know, hopefully someone else in the church will see you and someone can sit and cry with you or put their, you know, like there'll be some, there'll be somebody who's got the ability and gift to help you um, or even just to share the pain. You know, I, um, that's the beauty, isn't it, of, of church life, that it's not that we've got to be put on this show that everything's fine on a Sunday or whenever we're meeting. It's about being real. And uh, that's what I've, I mean, that's what I've learned from living in the council estate. That's what I've learned. You know, I, I would have been the classic, um, I still am to some extent, you know, that classic sort of middle class, you know, like present calm, cool outside and inside, you know, thinking all sorts. And, um, but, learn, but learning just to be open and honest and that's what church is about yeah awesome oh robin it's been really good uh while we're on can i come and spend have a week's holiday at yours there's <laughs> <laughs> uh, some space in the shed <laughs> in the back of tom's land rover yeah uh, yeah oh mate it's been great catching up uh, yeah it's good to chat with you it wasn't as bad as i expected <laughs> <laughs> thanks for being gentle with me yeah i'll be here for myself <laughs> yeah yeah i was trying to be hospitable but yeah. no, it's been uh, really good and uh, i hope it's encouraging to our listeners too but uh, thanks for joining me on the in context podcast thanks ian god bless cheers god bless Bye.